Welcome to the Go Time Podcast. Go Time Podcast. With your host, Todd Martin. So for some of these, I have quite a few people on the podcast that, that listen that are not necessarily like rodeo folk or, you know, they're horse people or they're, they're not. Um, some of them just, I love talking about things like um, the mental mindset of competition, like getting yourself into the, your head in the game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled with that earlier on in my career and stuff and, and learned my way through some of it. And I use it with my non-pros and stuff. So as a result... I get different people that come and listen and um, and are not going to know who Jackie Crawford is. Um, tell me who Jackie Crawford is. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know how you sum this. Like I told you, we walked in like a circus in here. It's, just, <laughs> it's crazy. No. Um, so I rope professionally. I was kind of one of the first women to ever make a living roping. Um, so... Uh, my sport. I, I grew up riding my entire life. At first, I, I grew up in Illinois, and so in Illinois, it's big speed events up there is a huge thing. Yeah, in, up there, you know, like county fairs and they have the all the speed events, flag race, barrel race, pole bending, all this stuff. And so, my family, um, they they all rode and and rodeoed and and showed horses and things. And so, uh, I did that as a as a young kid. But I was always kind of a uh, I guess a little bit of a tomboy, you know, yeah. I liked, I liked being competitive. Like I liked being athletic. And so my mom and I moved to Oklahoma when I was like 11. And from that point, I, they had big junior rodeos in Oklahoma, you know, and these kids are just everywhere. There's tons of kids that, yeah. that, that ride and do all this stuff. And so I look up and I see girls roping and, you know, and I knew like my family roped where I was from in Illinois, but I wasn't really a, necessarily a part of that but as I saw those kids roping those girls roping those little boys that were the same age as me and I'm like I know I'm as strong as them you know like (laughs) I can do this and so it just kind of was that that athletic tomboy type mentality that kind of got me kicked over into the rope and once I started that I just kind of never looked back and so I I graduated from Salisaw Oklahoma and went on a college rodeo degree to Vernon Texas you know my mentality I've kind of my mom, man, my mom instilled like a work ethic, just such a hard work ethic. And my mentality that she always kind of placed in me is like, never, never run from the challenge, you know, like never, never be around people who are going to push you. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. you're, you, iron sharpens iron. So to me, when I would go to these junior events and stuff when I was in high school, everybody looked at the Texas people like, these are the best, you know what I mean? Yeah. These are the best. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's where I want to go. I had like, I had great off. I had full ride offers to stay close to home and in and, and Oklahoma and, and different places. And I was like, man, I just, I want to go down there. I feel like the Southwest region is the toughest region there is. And so mm-hmm. I got a, just an offer from Vernon. And so I took it, went down there and I did get my butt kicked. Oh my gosh. I got my, really? butt Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't even make, I didn't even come. I don't even think I was in the top 10 in the region. I mean, it was terrible. Really? Yeah. It was really bad. Um, I play, I placed more in the goat tying than I did the breakaway roping, which is sad. So <laughs> what were you, so were you, were you, did you have some success in high school and stuff? Yeah, I did. I did have some, I won state. I, I start, I actually started competing roping, uh, like at high school rodeos for say, um, my sophomore year Yeah. and my sophomore year I did. Okay. I went to state. I mean like maybe eighth or something in the state, something like that. 
Um, my junior year, I won state, which was a huge thing for me. That was yeah. like a huge accomplishment for me. And the, my senior year, I won second. Um, and so I, and I had won some things. Like I had won some stuff and kind of had, you know, turned some heads here and there. And, uh, but that when I got down pretty, there, that's a, yeah. that gets to where you all of a sudden, oh, yeah. where are you placed at when you, yeah, you, you were, you were expecting to do really right. well. And then you go down there and, and I mean, I did, I, I got killed, but it was just different. It was just a learning experience because I got to see different starts. I got to see, there's a lot of girls that are tough, you know, um, the ways that, like the horsemanship, I, I really had to do more with my horsemanship. I had to see different really? starts, and yeah, there was bigger arenas down here, and just just a lot of different things that came into play that I couldn't just do my. I had to adapt, you know. I had to learn yeah. and grow, and so um, then, so my second year at call at, at Vernon, I kind of got some things figured out. I won the region and went on to the college finals and won the nation. And won the women's team up there, and then well, when you when you hit that that spot where that hard spot where you kind of you got yourself straightened back out, did was that you that or did somebody else step in and like kind of like mentor you through that spot, or did you just kind of no, like put I your mean, head down? My mom was my biggest. My mom was my biggest. Um, I guess person that pressed me at 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 all those points. But and I, and I wouldn't say she pressed me at that point. I pressed myself. I, I pressed myself a lot. But I think there's something to say about having someone in your corner that makes you think you're good. That mm-hmm. makes sense. I, I, it's it's very important. I it hope believes that I can, in you. Yes, yes, that believes in you. And like I, she convinced me whether it was lying or not, but she convinced <laughs> me that I was great. I, I had greatness inside of me. You know what I mean? Like she mm-hmm. had me convinced that I was like I was gifted to do anything I wanted to do, and so. <sighs> No matter what, I, I really want to be able to pass that on to my kids and, oh my and, and find that, you know, because I think it I think it shapes you so much as a person in any way that you go from there. If you believe that, if you can if you can make like have that belief, you know, somewhere in your mind that you yep. always fall back onto, it's like it almost just drives you. Every time there's a hard spot, you just drive. It's so crazy. Like you know, it, my um, I look back at, you know, one of the things my mom used to say to me, and I joke about it, but it's it's really true, that um, she used to look at me and go, she's like, I don't care what you want to be for a living. You can do whatever you want to. You can be yeah. a ditch digger if you want to, but be the best damn ditch yeah, digger you can exactly. be, right? Exactly. And it was like, well, okay, well, then. Yeah. And whenever I decided that I wanted to, like, man, I took my first riding lesson on a reining horse, and I was like, that's what that's what I want to do. <laughs> like, my, my deal was so different because my parents – weren't into the horses at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I took my first riding lesson and found out that there was such a thing as a lead at 21. Really? Yeah. So oh, like amazing. I was, mine was completely mm-hmm. different. And at that point at, at 21 and I did that, it was like, Ooh, light bulb went. That's what I want to do. And yeah. I'm just going to do it. And, and it didn't matter. I didn't matter. It didn't matter if I had to, you know, like I didn't have anything the rest of my life. I was like, that's fine. That's what I wanted to do. I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, I'll be happy. If I can get a truck someday, I'll be perfect, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, awesome. Just drive me a truck. I'm going to be good. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's wild. And it is. It's somebody that just, and it's speaking into somebody's life. Yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference, 100%, right? 100%. Yeah. And that's the thing. So I just, I always, and here's the deal. Like, I didn't have I didn't grow up. I my stuff. I'm telling you, it, it was. My mom used to get so mad at me because one thing that I, I don't know why I was like this, but I always took a lot of pride in like 
myself, my appearance, my horse's appearance, my things. You know what I mean? I always wanted to take so much pride. So, I mean, we couldn't afford to send my stuff to the cleaners, mm-hmm. but I'd be in there like freaking iron in my pants because and I wanted my stuff spray starched. starch. You know what I mean? I just started it. And she's like, we have got to go. And I'm like, but I'm almost done. You know, just like trying to get everything so that everything was perfect. Because even though it, here's the thing. Even though it doesn't matter. So, yeah, we would show up and we'd throw our lawn chairs out and we brushed our teeth out of a jug, you know, and whatever, yeah. and we'd sleep outside. Didn't have a living quarters trailer or anything like that. But, man, we were so lucky in the other sense. You oh, know, yeah. We were there and we had horses and we had all this good stuff. And, you know, she did her best to provide all that. And so it it, it doesn't matter, I don't think, what you have. I don't mm. think it matters what you have. Uh-uh. you got to take pride in what you have. Yeah. Because at no point, if you don't take pride in even what little you have – Who's going to want to help you have more? Oh, yeah. Nobody's going to give you nice things to let you run them down and not take care of them. But if they see you have just these things that aren't maybe worth as much and you take so much pride in them and you take pride in yourself and you conduct yourself and you, and you, you know, you, you look sharp and you, and you present yourself a certain way, guess what? You can represent something that way. Yeah. And so it's, and so anyways, I know that's getting off topic, but. No, not at all. Actually, but, you know, yeah. I had, um, I interviewed, uh, CJ Aragon, who's the uh, head coach for uh, 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 Soul Ross oh, yeah. rodeo team, yeah. and um, and I asked him what does he look for in a college student that he that he's looking for in him, and he goes, I can tell you who's going to um, go to state. He says based on how clean their stalls are, mm-hmm. that's what he looked for. Like there's grades and some other stuff, but man, if they're cl- their stall clean, I know those yep. are going to be my top performers. But it's true, right? It's true. It's just taking care of what you got. It is true. It is true. Because you get, here's the thing. I see so many people. I mean, and they they train their kids to be that way, number one. And you see them as adults that almost have that chip on their shoulder. And they're like, well, yeah, if I had all the money or if I had all these nice things or if I had this (laughs) or if I had that. It's like. No, you, you, you create those things for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are blessed and some people have it easier and it might be more convenient, but they got their struggles too. And you know sometimes I mean? that's not a blessing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've, I mean, yeah. I've had conversations with, um, with guys who were millionaires, right. And, um, and are struggling and doing whatever and stuff. <laughs> and they will say, um, man, I just, you know, if I could just figure out what it is that, you know, this blessing that I've gotten, you know, of, of, you know, what I'm, what I'm supposed to do or how's it supposed to work. And I was like, man, you know, the devil can give you money too, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and he can, he can distract you with fame, with fortune, with all kinds of other stuff that it's not necessarily that money is a, is always a blessing, right? Yeah, exactly. It, it's you keeping your head on straight and mm-hmm. taking care of what you got, yeah. you know? You know, it's all a mindset too. I think. I think that, especially this day and age, my goodness, these these kids, you know, uh, what they can look on social media and see oh, and the highlight reels of everybody's life. And I, I swear, I'm going to do a write up about this soon. But I think it's a mindset, no matter what it is that you're doing. I mean, okay, so like for me, all right, we didn't we didn't have anything. We we didn't we you know we we struggled whatever. Well. I always got, when you're younger, it's like, oh, man, why can't we just afford to to have hay delivered <laughs> instead of we have to go in the field and pick it up because it's cheaper mm-hmm. out of the field. Yeah. But you know what? You know who picks it up and loads it on the trailer off of the field walking with the trailer? That'd be me, me. As, as, as a young girl. Yeah. So it's like, you know, at the time, you know, it could take it and just be so mad about that. But instead, it's like, you know what? That made me stronger than all the rest of the girls. That made me, you know, that, that. 
that made me appreciate this. That made, you know, all I, that little stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, I might not have had somebody to go out and make sure that all my tires and change my tire when we had a flight, whatever. But you know what? I can get anywhere I want to go by myself at any time. You, you know, know what drives me? Stuff. What drives me crazy is whenever I'm leaving a horse show and I see somebody with half a bale left behind, they just like dossed it off to the side and didn't take it with it. And you're like, oh my God, grab that. <laughs> like, what, what are you, that's yeah. half a bale of alfalfa. Are you crazy? There's two flakes there. There's a whole feeding going on oh, right man. there. And you just walked off and left it like it has no value. What are you doing? I know. Yeah. But I know. you know what? You don't find that you don't see the value in it if you're not the one hauling it out of the field you, because it's just a, yeah. it's just a bale of hay. It's not yeah. something that you put your, you know, effort into. Yeah. And it's no different. I mean, I think that. And I think I'm not saying just like we said, people who are who have great, amazing things, they've worked hard for it at some point yeah. in, in order to keep it and do all these things. And their kids can have great lessons. Like for me, us not like I never had an arena of my own till I was 31 years old or 32 years old. And it was just like the most amazing feeling ever. But growing up, you know, having to haul and go to other people's places, oh and you better God. learn. That's a lot real of work. Quick, real quick to make those people want you back or mm. let you back you know what i mean so you learn hey you don't just show up and jump on your horse and expect them to turn out for you hey mm. you show up you tie your horse up you bust your butt you get over there you turn out calves for them you rake the box down you do bring the calves back up you make their evening go quicker because they're letting you have an opportunity well that just all ties in later in life i mean all that there's just lessons you know what i mean so any yep. it doesn't matter though you that's all ages any struggle you have to me makes you better in a certain way heck yeah you know so it's i think it's so good and like i said i'm with you i'm not saying that people that don't struggle can't figure these same values out no same things out they can't it's it's all just different ways yeah i i agree and but i think what people see as um as i should have the same or i i you know that, that when you're going over to ride at somebody else's place, right? That, that, that there's, there's an opportunity and that opportunity when you're taking your kid over to go rope at somebody else's place, right? That there's an opportunity and it's not the opportunity to rope. It's the opportunity to mold your child or mold the, that kid and un, understanding and appreciating somebody else's hard work in what they did, like showing that you see value in what they've done yeah. and you are, are, are taking the opportunity with the opportunity you've been given, right? Not seeing, like, I think that's, you know, tough to see the opportunity unless it's pointed out. Yeah. You know, you have mm-hmm. to, you have to be active enough to be able to, you know, with your kids or whoever point it is, it you know, yeah, to point that stuff out yeah. that, you know, and, and man, it's hard because you don't, it, you, it's hard when you don't see it led properly, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you don't mm-hmm. see the adult walking out there and, you know, doing it too. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can definitely see the, you know, the uh, the pattern, I guess. Yeah. Of that. So, um, how has it been going from, so you didn't, you mentioned that you're, you're a breakaway roper, but you didn't mention that you have, how many, 20 world championships? <laughs> That yeah. you're not just a breakaway yeah. roper. You're like yeah. one of yeah. the best breakaway ropers, you know, in right. in the history of breakaway roping. <laughs> well, um, I hope so. I hope that's what I'm remembered as. But so part of it. Um, but for so some of those folks that don't see and don't realize there's been a change in the past couple of years yeah. as the notoriety to what you've done, yeah. that you're actually in 
the big shows now. Yeah. Like, so how is that so, different? So like, so yeah, I have 20, 20 world titles right now, but some of my world titles. I are like in the that team right roping. now. <laughs> right I like now. that. <laughs> I know. Some of those were in the team roping. Some of those were in the calf roping. Some of, you know, so it's broken up a little bit um, because for years, you know, I, there, there's, I've done this. I have roped and pushed and done this because I literally loved it. Yeah. Not because we had any big money at the end of it. Like this was not something that like when I was doing this, that you were actually going to make into a career. You know what I mean? You were going to have a career and then you were going to do this on yeah. the side, but it just, because I loved it, I kept pressing and just these doors have opened. Thank goodness. Um, you know, it's just, just fortunate for that for me. But so we would go, what we used to do, we would compete in all sorts of jackpots and things like that, where that were just, you know, annual jackpots or memorial ropings and things that, it, that were really big. Um, and we would compete in the all-girl team ropings and, and you know, breakaway roping and all this stuff. And then they had this a very small um, all-girl rodeo, which, which was part of the Women's Professional Rodeo Association, so the WPRA. Well, the WPRA would keep track of, you know, they would keep standings all year. And so at the end of the year, those WPRA standings, we would go to a finals and, 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 you know, that's where we would crown our world titles for the team roping, the calf roping and the breakaway roping. Well, as the, everything has advanced, the breakaway roping is always the biggest of those events of all of them, you know? And so as we've advanced in the last five, six years, some pro rodeos, because Everywhere, okay, so breakaway roping is a standard event from junior rodeos to high school rodeos. And it's, when it's younger, breakaway roping, there is boys that compete, you know, in, with the girls yeah. in the in the younger age groups, kind of before they're able to tie down and things like that. Um, but you get to high school, breakaway roping is a girls event. You get to college, breakaway roping is a standard girls event. And every other rodeo association across the United States has had breakaway for years, Um so, and that's like amateur rodeo associations and, and other actual pro rodeos, uh, professional rodeo associations for say, right. but just not the PRCA. PRCA is the main professional rodeo cowboy association. Right. So in the last few years, these committees at these bigger rodeos have started to add things. And actually where it started was there's an association that came about called the WCRA, World Champions Rodeo Alliance. So it, they are the very first ones that started having the breakaway and they said you know what you guys are a huge event you guys are awesome to watch they they like they love they loved us and so they started these huge events in these big cities and they said you know what you're an event and it's not like oh you're an event you get to rope and we'll pay you a little bit of money here you know what i mean right. they were like no you're an equal event and, and we're going to pay you equal with everyone else so we get in first time ever we go to chicago to this big showdown whatever and thank goodness i was the first one to get to win <laughs> fifty thousand dollars in the breakaway so, and it went over amazing. It was awesome. So, following suit came the American, which is at AT&T Stadium right here right. in Dallas. So, they followed suit, and they added us. Well, at first, it was like, okay, you guys are going to compete for, like, you're in there, but you're going to compete for, like, 50000 Well, we came, breakaway ropers came out of the woodworks, and we blew up the qualifiers, and it was just, like, amazing. Like, there was almost 500 girls in, in this. like that 500 runs they had to run in the semifinals to try to get down to the final wow. 16 which was awesome. And I was so fortunate. I got to be in the top four when it all came down to it. So I got to be a part of the very first American. And when we got down to it, they're like, Hey, never mind. You guys are going to rope for a hundred thousand. And they just changed it. They're like, here it is, you know, Whoa. just up the game, you know? So the American got to see it. 
it blew up. It was awesome. Fans loved it. It was great. It was amazing. And so then it was like all of a sudden light bulbs went off in everybody's brain. It's like, hey, these girls have been sitting here yeah. doing this and waiting and these opportunities. And now it's like, this is a huge deal. Why wouldn't we do it? You know, it's just another women's event into pro rodeo. Why wouldn't you bring more families? More I can't imagine why that hasn't been, why it's no. been so long, right? No. Um, so yeah. the difference, um, was it, was there a difference for you going from jackpot, small rodeos, doing some of those? Cause there's a difference between that and then stepping into the the, the national finals rodeo and yeah. to San Antonio stock show rodeo. Like that's so, a different. Yeah. Then that's, is. that is really new is. for you too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, fortunately, like competitively, I've gotten to do a lot of things like team roping. I roped in Vegas for, you know, $300,000. Yeah. So there's a, been a lot of like things to where it wasn't just like, Whoa, Holy cow. Like right. you're in the headlights and the lights come on for right. me. It was, it was, it was good. But you know, it, what changed me in the last two years, three years, I guess, well, two years. So, so 2020 was the first time the PRCA and the WPA announced we're having a NFR for the breakaway ropers. You were part of the NFR, just like the guys, except we're still not in the big show. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, sore subject. But we're still not in the big show. But we did rope at AT&T Stadium. We had an NFR. We roped for like 200-something thousand. And... So we actually, they started keeping separate standings where breakaway ropers just from PRCA rodeos. Mm. So that was our kind of breakthrough. What has hit me the hardest, that's been the hardest adjustment for me, is I have gone and I have left the house and gone and traveled to these rodeos for, shoot, I've gone, for, I've done it for five or six years now. I went from Texas to Washington when they first said they were going to have it at Ellensburg, Washington. I wow. drove, you know, whatever. Yeah. But the last two or three years they've started adding those well i would go for a week or two weeks and come back home well this year we loaded up june 16th and we did not come home till september 30th whoa for me i have always drawn my confidence from feeling like i outworked everybody like that's just that's where mm -hmm. i would draw a lot of my my confidence came from like my conviction in the practice pin yeah. you know yeah and so where when i left and now it's a level playing field because I can't go home. I can't go home and practice. I can't go home and bust my butt and feel like have that reset mind mm -hmm. at the end of the week. Okay, I'm ready to tear it up. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, I drove, you know, 400 miles this way, God. missed one, and yeah. I drove 500 miles back this way, drew a bad one and missed one, drove back this way, hit one in the butt. It's like I'm, my head's about to explode because I need, I want to go run, you know, I want to go bust my butt. Yeah, you want to go feel, run 30 head and yeah, go figure out feel, when you get back into you your groove and whatever. You can't. You cannot do it. And so that wow. is a very hard thing for me just to redirect where I find my confidence between those big rodeos. You, you know, know, there's a um, – I did a podcast earlier with um, with a uh, PJ golfer, um, and he was like, oh, I loved him. But like yeah. it was one of the one of the, one of the really the coolest – podcast that i've done yeah. right and he was in 1981 he was like pga golfer of the year won like seven um tournament championships which is like wow. crazy right on the yeah. pga tour in one year right and um but when i was talking to him the crazy part the one that i that i really took from it right because you know for me for going in the rain and horse pen right i can be nervous i can worry i can be doing all kinds of stuff but when i hit the gate coming into the arena it's like 
boom, and it's just a clear out, right? And for him, he was talking about how when he goes in the ropes, like, so when they go in behind the rope, through the ropes, right, mm -hmm. it, it's like, boom, you can just turn off, and you don't even hear the crowd and whatever else. But what's fascinating about it, because I thought about that, but their competitions are a week long, and stroke after stroke after stroke after stroke, and every one of his counted over that whole week-long period that he taught I was always concentrating on getting in the into the uh, the game's mindset, being you know in the zone, right? Mm -hmm. And his was on resetting because every stroke he had to be in the zone. He had to have a loose swing, right? He had to be in that feel and just do it free, right? Every time that he swung the club, mm -hmm. but he's doing it every over and 10, over. 15, 20 minutes. He's doing it, so he had to reset. And I never thought about it. I would have thought that I'd have been in the zone the whole time through the whole game, the whole day. And it would have like just like drained me completely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But he didn't. He worked on reset. And I would imagine like being able to go and rodeo and then come back home and have your way of reset, like having to relearn that reset and go back to zero you know, yeah. two days, a day later, two days later, or whatever, 500 miles later, right? Yeah, exactly. That would have been, so that was a big difference, right? It was way, it was way different wow. for me. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still trying. I mean, I'm, I am literally, we leave, you know, I've got a few months left at the house and, and just, I'm still trying to make sure that when I leave this year, I have that ability. Yeah. yeah. He, his deal was um, working on um, clearing it, like be, between each one. Last one, he, like walking away from that one, gone, and back in the moment of what he was doing. That's hard to do. It is hard to do. It's hard to do. Yeah. It's really and in, and I I think one of the harder things for 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 people that don't grow or don't start out in it or, or you know you're doing a couple of little you know you're doing some rodeo and when you're a kid and whatever else, but you don't realize the 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 stress and the strain that's on you as being someone in this profession it's kind of like horse show too and you guys you have to pay to compete majority of the time mm -hmm. and you don't win you don't get anything going home right and mm -hmm. so it's such it, there's so much more out at stake right and to be able to come in and run and throw free right and be have a loose swing and everything else without with the burden of of everything else on because, well, for those of you who are on Instagram live and those of you that are on the podcast, don't see that there's two little squirts running around in here yeah. and playing and having a good time. And that you are, you are like, uh, short of like a superwoman that's <laughs> like what, that you have your kids with you and you're rodeoing that you're performing Crazy. tonight at Crazy. the San Antonio rodeo. Crazy. And you've got these two running around yeah. that, you know, all yeah. of that. And you're having to, you know, okay your social media and running that, that you are also the financer of what you're doing. You are the CEO, the CFO, yeah. the, you know, the advertising, everything else that you do in this business. You yeah. don't make so much money that you could just go and hand things over. And right. because you're, you're someone who strives to do something really really well you have a hard time letting go of that too when you get to a certain top point yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and and you know even in this industry you can't it's there's very few people that just rodeo 
you got to have something. I mean, uh, yeah. so I've got, you know, pastures full of colts. That's like, I got to have the next one coming up because to try to go find that next one and it's trained and does what you want and it's what you want. It's so crazy expensive, you know, plus I love training colts, plus there's futurities, plus there's all this stuff. Plus I have, I also have a 17 year old stepdaughter that, that's at home and she ropes. And so, you know, just there's all the things that are going on. There's all the aspects. There's the sponsor side of it. And you have a you husband gotta take too. Care of it. That, you got to be, yeah. yeah, exactly. You got to be in look. And those Poor are not look. easy. He's even getting the last right here. Like, <laughs> He's barely know, even got mentioned. Thing. I know it's so bad. And so, yeah, just trying to find the balance, which is something we're really working on. But yeah, it's, it's very stressful because you just, you have to do good to stay relevant in order to make money in order to feed your family and do this. You yeah. Know? So it's just, yeah, there's a lot. There's it is. A lot it is. It really so. is such a, I don't think people realize how, how, um, multifaceted you like that someone that's at a professional in this industry is that you have to be, you have to be. right. You that you really to have to be at this stage for sure. You just can't be, you know, you can't be a prima donna that, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm just here to rope and, you know, and then yeah. walk off and, yeah. and do whatever else it does it because nothing else feeds the rest of the monster or machine. Yes. Um, yes. I've said, I've often said that, um, for a long time in my career, I always thought that I had a business, right. And I built this business and I had done this business and, yeah. and I realized at one point a couple of years ago that I realized that I just created a job. Like that's all I have is a job. Right. I can't sell this thing when I'm done. <laughs> I like, I am the widget. Like I've made a widget yeah. and that's, I'm so I'm yeah. good at training horses, but if I don't turn up for work, nothing gets done, you know? Um, oh, and it I is, so it's kind of a crazy, right? Same thing. <laughs> you just made me realize oh, I did great. the same thing. <laughs> I think, um, I think that's something is a, a kind of a reason why, for one, I really like talking about this kind of stuff, but it's also one of the things that's made me realize that, man, I need to kind of figure out how to, it is really important right now for like the opportunities that you're being given, mm-hmm. um, that those opportunities that are not just, you know, just the going to the next one, that the, it's yeah. not that, uh, not that you should neglect one or the other, right? Because you're, you're not going to. You don't get to where you're at by neglecting anything. But uh, concentrating on the things that are of, um, it's kind of like your kids. You know, like it's, it's investing in things that have, you know, eternal consequences, but right. also like generational type consequences, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. that's been kind of an eye opener for me hitting, yeah. you know. Yeah, my and, husband and I are actually getting help from trying to organize our life. And that was one of the first things that we had to do was write down everything that we need to do in a day. The whole thing. Like everything that needs to be done. It's like, how do you even do that? Every day is different. But and, he, the, and then he said, um, prioritize those things. Mm. And he said, prioritize. I said, well, prioritizing would be family time. Yeah. Anything with your kids. Date night. Not necessarily date night, but time with your husband. You know, oh my God. those things were P1. So yeah. he said, now we're going to fill out this calendar. We're going to fill out your weekly calendar. And we had to put those things in first and everything else had to be scheduled around them. You know, and Ooh, it was just like, that's really it, it good was really though. Hard because I, I always felt so overwhelmed by everything that I couldn't even start in a direction. You know Aww. what I mean? But when I put it down and it's like, okay, okay, I, I, I can do this and I can schedule it. Now, like he said, in this world that we live in, we don't get to have 
total schedules week after no. week. It changes. Not in, the, not in the kind of business that you have either. because no, it changes. All He's it like, takes is a colic or a, you know, whatever, yeah, and I it mean, throws a wrench in everything. Obviously, yeah, you're going to move things around, but as long as those keep getting put in place, you're going to come back to those things. Oh. Whereas if you just get overwhelmed, then you never see them on your daily calendar. So it's just, it's pretty neat when I started thinking about, all right, P1, P2, prioritize one, prioritize two, prioritize three. Ooh. Prioritize three, someone else can do. You oh, control that just freak. struck That's me too because I'm like, what I had to tell myself. P three, guess what? <laughs> Someone else can do that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's never going to. True though, right? P one. Yeah, no you one can't. else. Or I mean, I I really don't want anyone else spending time with my husband. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, Date and, night is yeah. not me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't put somebody in my place. Uh, you know? Oh, when that's a kids, hard one because I've like I've neglected daylight. Ooh, that's that's a hard one. You know? Um, and we started because we're like me too. The reality of getting done working and then getting dressed up and going. No, no, we're going to sometimes. But then we started making. All right, maybe not date. How about every Monday night for a couple hours? Because our places, you can imagine the people that are in and out of there. Oh yeah. Monday, that's our family time. Mm-hmm. and everybody else you're not invited to supper i'm sorry you yep. know what i mean you're not like you know what i mean like that is we've had to protect monday monday's a good like, day to protect too because yeah. they're not the yeah. weekend and exactly. you usually you're have a downtime you know. you're kind of done with the weekend and mm-hmm. so anyways that's that's kind of what we're doing but the other thing that that's i was gonna say deal. before i lose track of what i was gonna say because <laughs> i do that a lot and i do i i will i, I will take the, you off the uh, trail yeah. too i'm, I'm yep. just my head is is crazy but You know, one of the things like hauling with the kids that it's, I kind of want to prove a point a little bit because I hear so many people talk and women talk like having kids is a, you know, that's a a end of the game, end of the road. You can't accomplish anything Mm -hmm. after that. You can't do anything. Like once you have kids, like you ain't, you're not going to do this. And it's like, you know, I, I don't, if, if I have something in my heart and that's what I want to do, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame my kids for me not having that. Now, I'm not. I'm not saying that's not the thing to do. Mm-hmm. If I think it's amazing to be like, okay, stop. Let's let's do it for them. Let's do this for them now. Yeah. But if you have something that you want to do, it's it's you can do it. You can do it with kids. It's it's possible. It's harder. It's a lot harder. But it's possible. You can mm-hmm. you can do it, and so it's kind of like I want to. I don't want girls to think that just because you want a lot of things out of your life, that you can't have be competitive or have a career or have goals or things that you want to do as well. You know what I mean? So I think that I don't know. That's kind of one of my. This things is that not I want people to know. This is not a. This is not a career or anything to do with like in the horse training part of the business. That is. It is not a. Um, is not in the advantage of the female to be doing because trying to start a family is major is a really hard deal in yeah. that, that I, we see that in the reining horse industry because mm-hmm. you have so much of a push or, or demand or expectations on fraternity horses and all that other kind of stuff that you know you've got a date and a, and a timeline that you've got to get that horse ready in the next couple of years yeah. and whatever and it's a daily grind to get that thing ready in a couple of years and it's got to be a good one to get there and on that but i think something about our culture that's really kind of um really has been very neglectful of our culture our current culture of things right now is the um is not uh being uh, observant or not giving the the role of mother, what it's due. 
I mean, like it's crazy right now that 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 little girls don't think that that is an honorable occupation. Oh man! I mean, like, that, is that not nuts? It's crazy. So I'm sitting here talking with somebody who's got, you know, I would assume at one of the top of all women world championships, and the where you first talk <laughs> first talk about really? where you got to where you're at was your mother's influence on you. Yeah. Like, and I'm sitting here talking about my mother's influence on, you know, telling me that I was, you know, I was, I had the ability and that, you know, how many, like all of us that sit here and look at and, and go like what our moms, you know, contributed to, you know, and, and meant to us. Right. And that we would sit and belittle that job. It is like mind blowing to me that the impact, there's no other there is no other, and I don't even I venture to call it occupation because I like that. I don't even want to even you know make it like sound like that. But there's no other, there's no other role in human creation that is of a bigger, more important, more influential, more generational, more eternal job. hundred like, percent. But I mean, and that we would sit back and not not like. I, I'm growing up, I mean, if you dishonored somebody's mother, man, I, you'd get uh, right. <laughs> like what that, that would do. Yeah. And, and that yeah. because it's not somebody's name or it's not somebody's ex- actual mother, we're going to belittle motherhood. Like it's something of not, not it's amazing, not protected and not revered the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. It blows me away. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I like, obviously I'm, I don't know, I guess, that's where, like you said, it's not blit. Even like a all right, a mother that's like, all right, stay at home, mom, and and I don't. This is what I want to do. I want to raise my kids. Yeah, that is a career. Oh my god, in itself, and that, that is, is a career. That is not. Oh, I'm not doing anything. That is a career, and that just means you're putting more into that career. Yeah. Than anything else, because I don't care if it's one kid or it's you know however many. That is a lot. It is an all day. It is. Every day. Like you said, it is the most important job you could have. That is a career. And it is a grind. Yes. I mean, like it is a, it is a selfless grind. My, my, my wife, like I say it, I've said it before. Like my wife's a saint, you know, because I can, and I, you know, us guys got it kind of easy on some stuff. We can step outside and, you know, I'm way game with messing with them when they're about, 10 or above, you know, above on that. Like there's yeah. so much work at the beginning mm-hmm. and, you know, and then, you know, you, you, you're keeping the, the, the wife, my wife keeps track of where the kids are out, you know, in school and all that other kind of stuff. And, yep. and, and, um, and I get to step off and kind of escape for a little bit, yeah. you know, and yeah. kind of get in, into my head on what I'm doing and whatever else. And, um, but I think that, uh, we men have used that as an excuse too, that, um, I, I really like, I beg for my kids to go to horse shows with me. Really? I, oh, I do. I like, I hate, I'm at a point now where I absolutely hate going to a horse show without my kids. Like, I don't, I don't like, yeah. I don't, I'm begging my wife. She's like, I don't want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go to a horse show. You don't want to just stay here. Yeah. And it, she wants, she's real homebody. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like, please somebody come with me like can yeah. one of my kids go with me because somebody somebody you know and then i always like i have to pay them to like pick stalls or do something you know to give yeah. them something to do yeah but um 
but yeah, I can't stand it. I don't like, I don't, yeah. I'm at a point where I don't like being alone. I want yeah. to, I want to have them with me. No, and they're, it's not long and they're going to be phew, gone. Oh, I know. And, and no, that's what, to the husband thing, like, yes, my husband, my husband is amazing. He's a hands-on dad. He does so much stuff with the kids. It's great. But at the same time, I think it's so different for guys and, and girls. Like you said, I mean, his day, it's like, yes, I'm going to help with the kids. I'm going to do this. But if he has something to do, he just plans that out and he goes and does it. Yeah. If I have something to do. I plan it out. I plan out who's going to keep the kids, who's going to take the kids, where are they going to be? I need to set their clothes out. I need to, you know, like it's all of the things. What like are they going to eat? So what are they going to wear? What are they going to? Much gonna... more yeah. surrounding the di- just the, the automatic thought process that no. comes through. I just go us, like get in know? the truck. Get in the <laughs> yeah, truck. I got to go do this. Yeah. See what you are you, gonna, they're going to have to eat. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'll eat somewhere. <laughs> you know, we'll all eat somewhere. You know, exactly. they won't die. Oh no, exactly. but you got to. And like, no, nah, no, nah, they're fine. You know, and my yeah. kids have got this deal where they all got to walk around with a bottle of water in their hand. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, hey, you don't need any water. Yeah. People yeah. live in the desert. They don't walk around with a water bottle. But you know, everybody thinks I'm nuts taking them with me. And like, like, gosh, dang, it's so stressful and stuff. And it's like, I'm used, I've had to hustle my whole life. I'm mm-hmm. used to chaos. Like I, I get chaos. Like I, it's, it's so I can, I can do fine with that. What I don't do fine with is if I can't lay my eyes on my kids somewhere mm. close enough to me. Yeah. If I'm in that arena and I can know where they are or I can hear them or I know that I can get to them ASAP, I'm okay. If I'm not, I mean, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a mama cow. You just took her baby away. <laughs> like, I'm just like, you know, I can't, I'm okay. As long as I know I can get to them, I can see them in eyesight, you know, I'm good with that. I can roll with that chaos of having them there. It's the not having them there that, that you know, it freaks me out. I can't yeah. stand it. I think it's, I, like, I love seeing it. I love seeing the, what, what kind of a role model that you're making. Not, you know, not just that, you know, you're great at what you do, but yeah. that you're great at what you do. And then you're, you're not, you're not feeling like you're above the responsibility oh, or no. that you're, that you're, um, that you don't have time for it or that you can't handle it. Right. That, Right. Like, well, so like I made this choice and I'm fine. I'm like, I want this, you know, this is what I want. And what is God, what's the most important thing? Like it's almost like a, I would imagine that it would almost be kind of like a reset, right? The, you know, okay. So I am just, you know, the lady that gets the bottles (laughs) (laughs) or the the lady that goes and, you know, has to go and grab a hold of this one and change a diaper or whatever else. You know, it's fun because I just like, you know, the other night at San Antonio, first night, no good. I did no good. And here I'm kind of like, you know, just, you know, immediately after you're just like, you're still yeah. kind of growling about it. You know, I never let that come out on the outside, but on the inside, you're like, gosh, dang. And I walk back up there and I run to grab because somebody's uh, watching the kids for me and I run to grab them back. And here comes Creed just running, mama, you know, like whatever. And it's like, yeah. you know, they don't know the difference. No. You know, it's not, it's not the competitor to the, they don't even see that. You know what no. I mean? It's so, it's neat to, just be like, this is rodeo and doing that. It, that's not who I am. No. Does that make sense? That's it's what you I do. Fi- it's what I do. But who I am is but you're their not, mama. And, and you're not and finding your value in it. Wife. Yeah. No, right? No. Heck yeah. No. That when you come back that that, you know, him going, mama is like, yeah, no, so there's yeah, my value. That's, right? that's the yeah. value. Yeah. 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 yeah so. Huh. That's really cool. I love that. <laughs> I like, I did. It is. And I, I get that, you know, the same, you know, like, oh. 
I couldn't. I was telling somebody, I'm like, I don't know how many straw hats I've messed up. You know, from like, oh, I just want to. Throw your hat. Yeah, like, oh, why is your hat all messed up? I'm like, I don't know why. I don't know. Something happened to it. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. over there crushing it and just because yeah. I can't handle it, right? Um, and that's that lack of control. Like, me not being able to, con- you know. Control the yeah, emotions. Control the, it, yeah, control well, the emotions and then what happened or how, you know. Um, I think that... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about seeing more of, uh, the breakaway too, because my youngest, she's 11 mm-hmm. and she's got her little pony and we've been, she's taught it to jump and she's, and so now she's like tracking calves with it and whatever. Uh, and now I'm got to cool. a bigger horse. And so we're going to start playing around with that and stuff. And, um, it's just, it's an opportunity for more than anything else for me to spend time and do something yeah. that's sharing what we, what we're doing and whatever yeah. else. But, um, I, uh. I, I, I love seeing, um, this is not like a major knock, like there's plenty of girls in the barrel racing that understand horsemanship, Absolutely. that there's not the quantity, or there's not as, there's not as much horsemanship that is required as there is in the breakaway. You know, I, I don't know if it, I think there is, I just think it's, because I love watching a good Barrel oh run. yeah, it's amazing. You There's know, and ones I love that, watching those. I'll watch. I'll watch. So I don't watch a lot of them, but that one girl that has um, the horse named Sister, like uh, that, Haley. Yeah. So uh-huh. that that. So one thing that I've noticed. There's a lot of horsemanship just standing from the outside and not, you know, not, I'm not a big barrel racer or whatever right. else. I'm not going to claim to do no whatever else. I know my corner and I know my reining <laughs> horses. Right. I don't know how to stop and I don't know how to spin, and um, but. The way that horse is, that horse goes around and carries his shoulders, the way mm-hmm. he carries his shoulders, it's incredible. And for yeah. the ones that don't see how that horse runs and the way it runs, that you just see that there's consistency built in that that champion, uh, right? Yes. It's incredible, she like does the horsemanship. Yes, like that. That you can be that repetitive with one and be at that level for that long mm-hmm. says so much about horsemanship yeah. that it's not even funny, yes, right? Absolutely, but. I, you don't see as the quantity of that level of horsemanship being taught as regular and and is required. Like there's just so much more that the horse has to has to has to know in order to do the breakaway yeah. at a, at least at even at a at a rudimentary level, right? right? Even right. at an introductory level, right? Um, it's not as much, right? And that's what I like to I like seeing. I want to see these kids have to not just see their horse as a tool, but to see it as something that is emotionally they got to work with, um, that they have to understand the rep- that barrel racing can be taught a little bit more along a repetitive nature, whereas it can't be as much with the, the, the roping events. There has to be more of a, uh, and then the, as you go further along, then there has to be a uh, accountability taught mm-hmm. on the horse's part. And I see that in, in some of the breakaway and I see, uh, I've learned that from Clay, like watching Clay uh-huh. um, go and rope. Um, and I, I know he's like, you know, not knowing what I'm paying attention to and whatnot, but that where that horse knows exactly where he's supposed to be and that he's, he, that horse gives him the opportunity to be able to put it down and get himself into a position that is out of position to be able to reach what he needs to reach. Right. It, 
like I love that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Seeing that horse know his job that well. Right. And it's not running off a of resistance, but it's running free with the knowledge of what it's supposed to know and do. Right. There's a different level of seeing that. And there's a different level of horsemanship that I would I, I want girls to see them do. And there's, you can get around some of that in some of the other events. And I don't think that, you know, you're not going to go very far in, in right. the roping events without that. Right. You know, I, this, I think that personally, just because I'm more, I'm in that industry, mm-hmm. you know, I think that whether it be the barrel racing, the team roping, the breakaway roping, the calf roping, you can watch the people that have horsemanship mm-hmm. succeed, you know, over and over and over again. Yes. And, and, and you can see the things that I like to see is, you know, like you said, you can watch a horse. You can watch him from the time he's in the box to the time, whatever. And you can tell how his training probably went his life, you know. But, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately in our industry, there's going to be people that are not horsemen that, that win. That, you know, yeah. it just is. And it's and, it, and I, I hate it because I almost see it. I see it being passed down to, to their kids. Yeah. And it's like, gosh, I, you know. I hate that because I, I'm 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 with you. I'm on that level that I want those horses. I want my horse to work confidently. I want him to walk in the box with confidence. I want him to be quiet. I want him to be reassured. I want him to know his job but be ready. And when I get done with my run, I want him to drop his head and then we're going to walk out mm-hmm. because he's not going to be grabbing his butt because I did something wrong and then took it out on the horse and did mm-hmm. all this. Like, he's confident about his job. And that's what I wish our whole industry um I, I wish our whole industry would, would just concentrate more on that horsemanship. And, you know, I try to teach at my schools. I tell girls um, a lot of time, and, and I hope, all I can hope is that in the other disciplines, somebody's doing the same, mm-hmm. you know, that, that those people that are winning will do the same and not just keep reproducing bad horsemen, you know? Yeah. But, but it, you're also limited by um, your – you're limited by what you, how much influence you can have. Like you can go and do a clinic, but you only have, even only have three days. I mean, you can only do so much in three days. And there's so much that people are required or that require or want to see yep. produced in those three days. Yes. And that's not easy, nope. right? Because you got to appease, you know, everybody yes. else. So something that I've noticed over the years now in doing, I've done a lot of clinics and stuff and too. And, um, is that um, I used to like, you know, worried about, you know, making everybody happy and whatever else. And, um, and I, I stopped because I, I was just going to answer it the way that it was supposed to be answered. Like I wouldn't, I'm not going to pander to what, you know, what your deal is. And I've gotten more out of it. Yeah. Like it's, it's almost like a refreshing deal instead of somebody just, you know, filling you full of or making you happy or just kind of covering something up, which we're good at. I mean, it, what makes you really good at what you do is riding through the adversity or not right. ha- not letting that, you know, override what you're doing and wanting to stop and fix it. It's a, there's a balance to being a really good horseman that I think a lot of people don't see. Like, in what you do, you're, what makes you good at training your own horses is being so repetitive and so demanding of your horse to do it correct that you're going to keep it, keep it, keep it until he does it correct. Right. But then when you go to, you have to, you have to take your your trainer hat off, mm-hmm. and put your competitor hat on, and go ride what you got today. Yeah, right. And exactly. and there's a difference in that. Yeah, you know, there's a whole nother yeah. level in that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And you can't teach that in a three day clinic either. No, no. <laughs> but you know, I think that if you can, 
if I can just stress to people, like, always look at the first finger that should be pointed when things are going wrong. Oh. Right here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right here. And if you can have that mindset of like, okay, this went wrong. What do I need to do different? Because if it was the other way around, they'd be riding us. Okay. Yeah. We're riding them. <laughs> so what are you doing that's making this happen? And what can you do to fix that instead of a oh, stupid horse? You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, yeah, there's going to be more challenging ones and there's going to be better ones. Either way, it's your problem right now. If he's yours, you might not have caused the problem, but it is your problem. So so go about it in a way that a horse that understands its job is always going to be funner to ride than a horse that's being made to do its job. Oh, man. And it's just like, if I can stress that so much in those three days, and at least maybe, I can't maybe physically do the actual, like, every part of what their run is, but if they will take that that mindset home and be like, okay, what am I doing to make this horse do that? Or what can I do different to try to get through to this horse? Or what can, you know, what can we change here? What could, blah, blah, blah. Then maybe they will start. To me, that is horsemanship. Yeah. I mean, all the way around. It might not be the fine tune of, okay, this exactly, I'm going to hand you this exactly. This is what you need to hear, but at least have that mindset of a good horseman. And so I I think a good horseman um, spends several nights up at two o'clock in the morning trying to figure out a new way of trying to figure out getting through to that horse, right? That's almost like a a given for anybody that's a good horseman is just staying up at night trying to figure out, not drilling it into his head or getting mad or frustrated, but like up at night trying to figure out how do I, how do I communicate with this horse? Literally animal psychologist. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, you made a comment that was really a big one that I've kind of really picked up on a bit this year was like, he's got to know his job, right? And it's not just that he's got to do what you tell him to do, but so when we train them, I know that I train one to know how to respond to what I ask. Mm -hmm. And then once he knows how to respond, I can show him not just what to do, but I can show him how to do it better. Right. And then once I show him how to do it better, then if I'm constantly showing him how to do it better, it's not going to get any better. Right. And that there's, um, I, 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 I share this a lot with whenever I'm doing the uh, lessons with folks is that um, if you teach your kid, you tell your kid to clean his room and he doesn't, you go and tell him again, you tell him five times and then you finally go and clean his room. Have you taught him to clean his room? What have you taught him? You've yeah. taught him that you're going to clean his room after five times. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you're going to do it for him. Accountability is taught. And, you know, as much as most moms don't want to admit that they lose their crap on their kids you probably oh, yeah. need to drop it every once in yeah, a while oh, yeah. <laughs> because if you don't, then you slowly build that up and you teach the same thing with a horse. You teach them how yep. to respond and yep. you're teaching them what to do. Right. Yep. And, um, and, but accountability is taught by allowing them to make the mistake so that you have the opportunity to fix it. If you ride around and keeping them from making a mistake, they're never going to be held accountable for anything. Yep. And that's one of the hardest things for most riders to do, period, is to allow the mistakes to be made because you want to ride it perfect every single time. Yeah, you know, and I think that the thing that's unique for us is that we have our own job going on. You know what I mean? Like nothing, not, I know you guys do too, you know, in the raining, but it's like, okay, the horse, like the horse needs to do this job 
Mm-hmm. We have our own job going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got to be thinking about this. So I can't be thinking about you. Like, so that's where for me, if I'm training one, I want to get this horse to the point that if I pull that bridle off or I drop my reins, I have total confidence that he's still going to go do his job because that way I can't be thinking of both of our jobs. Isn't it so great when you get that? trained to do it and be confident about it so that I can do my job well. I can't do both Mm-mm. for us. So, And so it can't be done with intimidation together. either. No. It can't be done with intimidation. You know, I see it happen. Oh, sure. Some, and you hate it because those those horses are never as good as they could be oh. if they if they were able to work off confidence. You know. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's crazy to see. Um, oh. What does it say? Low power mode. Oh, low power. Oh. Okay. It'll be all right. <laughs> It'll be all right. Facebook if or Instagram if we go away because we lost the power, you're gonna have to <laughs> download it off the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so I I know um, I know I was one of the culprits <laughs> doing it earlier on. Was oh, somebody watching have. me going, God, you know that horse would sure if he'd get out of his way, he'd yeah. do a whole lot better. But you know, I I think that's what our creator made them for mm-hmm. was to like for us to grow with them, mm-hmm. for them to be able to like. D- d- the, the line of communication between horse and rider is has to be a two-way street, mm-hmm. right? And until you get out of your own way and you're not so selfish about what you're doing, which, oh, my God, is such a terrible thing, right? Yeah, but, it's so emotional. Oh, so emotional it is. I mean, you know, oh, it, <laughs> yep, it's so much. But that's what he gave them to us for, mm-hmm. right? It was for us to grow. I mean, like, we're getting to, to experience it and then share it with other people too, right? Absolutely. Is being able to share, like, where you, where, you know, what you benefited from of those, yeah. from some of those. There's a couple of horses that I wish I had back. Oh, man, I wish I had them yeah. back. Yeah, oh, man, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you just went, oh, he knew so much more than I did. I wish that I had been there. I could, yeah. 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 You yeah. know, I think one of my favorite quotes from a horseman of all time, and, and I'm not saying this like I said, but we all see the people that, you know, take out like their emotions on their horses, which I think is awful and whatever. But Ian Francis, you know, Ian Francis mm. is from Australia. He's, he's amazing. He's, he's one of the godfathers of the Australian horsemanship and he's won a ton of stuff. And I, I was reading in his book and one of his quotes that he said, or maybe he actually said this to me. He said, violence begins where knowledge ends. Ooh. It's true. That's so true. It is so true. It really is because when does your frustration hit? Oh, it's telling. When you're at the end of your rope and you're like, I don't know what else to do with this mm-hmm. thing. But then it's like, like he said, violence begins where knowledge ends. And it's like if you were knowledgeable enough to continue doing whatever it is that you needed to do right here, you wouldn't get so frustrated, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's just like it's always learning. And so I, I just always try to remember that. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Isn't it cool, too, sense. that they're such a, they're an animal that's so forgiving? So forgiving. Oh, my, my gosh. That's I look at my old, I, so I've had this horse. Dogs and horses. Was, oh, when he was four years old, okay? He was four years old. I hauled him to his first rope, and when he was five, I won the first rope, and I went to on him. And, and he wasn't great at that time. He just had these qualities about him that was a winner, Okay. I end up getting this horse purchased from the guy. I traded out some stuff, some riding, and some whatnot. And I've rode that horse now for um, t- 12 years. This will be the 12th year, I think, that I've rode him. He's 17 this year. 
and he has carried me through literally over a decade of winning. He's the one I first won 50,000 on. He's the one I've won all my world titles on. He is unreal. And sometimes right now I look at that horse and he, he got hurt this summer and we're rehabbing him and he's going to come back. But I look at him and I see the gray on his nose and I see the gray over his eyes. Yeah. And I just think the things that you forgave me mm-hmm. for being so ignorant about, yeah. the things that like, I mean, just unreal those horses, what they, what they do for us. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they, they don't have to. You know, no. they, they don't have to. No. And, but they do. And it's, it's so unreal, like you said, just, just so forgiving. And I have, um, and, and give you the, and those ones that give you the opportunity to grow, right? I mean, like how, how not only forgiving, right. But also like the grace to, to let you keep going and, you know, and and find your way through it. Right. Right. And in in spite of the, you know, mess that you, (laughs) that you were, (laughs) I I had, uh, I had a horse that, um, this is one of the first, um, really good horses that I had a client buy for me. And, um, and when I took him to, uh, to go compete, he had been trained by, a, a by a really good trainer. It was very reputable and, and it wasn't good enough for his string, but it was way better for my string, right? right? It was like plenty fine for mine. Um, and I learned so much about that trainer who was outstanding through that horse. Like that horse told me exactly what he needed and what he was taught. And, and the mess that I kept trying to put in the middle of it. Uh. And, and the craziest part is that what he let, what that horse let me learn. And then even when I, I broke him, right. And got him all messed up that he let me rebuild him. Right. With the knowledge of what I had learned what I didn't need and what I, what he knew and could have used for me, he let me build it back in. Right. And the greatest part was that every horse after that benefited from it. Like what that horse not only gave to me, but then what he gave to every other horse after me, after him, like it just grew. Right. Yeah, That's good. It was really that, that horse, I learned so much about training from that horse and, and what, a lot of what not to do. I seem to find that a lot, quite a bit. <laughs> like, yeah. What not yeah. to do. I do that yeah. quite a bit. That. Um, oh, that's cool. Um, so you're up tonight. No, I'm, I'm actually done. I, I went my three rounds. And so tonight we are headed down. I'm up at Los Fresnos in the morning. So we're headed down that direction. And then we're driving all the way back up to Amarillo for Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. And then Amarillo on Saturday. What's in Amarillo? There's, they have, it's one of those big annual ropings they have every year. Oh, really? Just, yeah, it pays really good. It's a good roping. So, yeah. Cool. So, we're just going to hit the road that way and then we'll go home and then the American semifinals start. And so, I'll go over there and I'll help my daughter, my, my stepdaughter I talked about earlier. She, um, she's roping and roping really well. And the girl that works for me, she's worked for me for like eight years. She's like, I couldn't survive without her. Um, that, they both have, I'm already in the American from being in the top 10 from last year, but they go through a qualifying system. And so both of them have qualified twice into that system. And so I'm going to go over and help them oh, nice. during the week. And then we'll, yeah, we'll go from there. Oh, that'll yeah. be really cool. Yeah. That'll be, um, so the, is that one of the bigger events that they've ever been to? Um, if they, if they get down to the to the middle of it, yeah. Because yeah. they actually opened it up this year to where the breakaway ropers, because we now have standings, the challengers like them 
will come through and they're actually eligible for the two million. Nice. Yeah. So it's going to be a huge deal if yeah. whoever gets through, but I mean, they're going to have to get through, you know, probably 500, six, I don't even know how many people, how many girls are trying this year to get their American spots. So. I can't, I can't wipe the smile off my face when I'm seeing my kids feel the pressure. <laughs> they're like, they're just yeah. like, Oh man. <laughs> and I can say everything under the sun of what to get. They're not going to get it till they come home. Right. Yeah. Even no matter, even yeah. if it does click, you're not getting it till you go home. Right. Yeah. Just the, the, um, the, one of the things I think that are, that is kind of, um, I don't know. I guess in the horse industry is, is I'm not seeing as much. And, and I don't know, like on, on your industry and stuff, part of the end of the horse industry, but, um, I don't see as much discipleship. Right. And not definitely not biblically discipleship, but also just discipling others in, you know, life. Right. And having like your, like your daughter and, and then somebody else that's coming along and you see that and it takes a while because you don't, you know, you, discipleship is not something that's, you can't take lightly. It's something that is, it's a major commitment, a major commitment. You're actually putting time and life into somebody else, but they have to show that desire themselves. It's not something you can want for somebody else, right. yeah. but, um, but I don't see that as much in our industry in the reigning. Um, where you see somebody, you know, pouring into them. We have a lot of them that come in, then come and go. But, you know, I just don't see as much of that. And I don't see it in a lot of other stuff, at least, you know, especially not in the past two years with everybody having to do things very, very different than right. ever before. Um, yeah. But um, but I, 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 I hope to see some of that start coming back. And yeah. it's kind of cool to hear that, you know, that you're going up there and supporting and pushing those oh, girls yeah. and doing you know, that kind I of think, stuff. I think that is something that, maybe we're very lucky to have in the rodeo industry. I noticed that. We, you know, I feel like everybody in the rodeo industry is connected like a family in some way. You know, we really do. There's a lot of people that, you know, you can see people that are just family that aren't family. It really is. It really is. And even when we go places, I mean, we're competing against each other, but you're, you're my, you're my friend. We're going to get there together. I'm going to help you out. I'll drive this. I'll take this horse. You know, like we're going to help. It's all, it's like, it's a team, but we keep points. (laughs) You know what I mean? It is a team, but we keep points against each other. And so I I can say, I see a lot of people taken under others wings in the rodeo industry. And I think that is something that is so positive about, about us that that, I, that I'm very proud of. I don't yeah. see that in uh, yeah. I so I see um, there is in I think in the trainers among, amongst the the trainers in the reigning, right? I think we all have enough have spent enough time with each other at all the shows that we've gone to over the years and seen each other's kids grow up and everything right. else. That there's definitely that within each other, um, but I I and I but I think it's a lot more prevalent in the in the rodeo industry being not just um with just those competitors but like that you know other people's families and you know the backgrounds and you know and when you did like you know like andy come you know that you know you know her well enough to stop by and hang out and you know and it's not like an acquaintance but it's like you know it's like a sister or a cousin it's somebody that's you know family and you know how who else is going to let you come over and stay at the house for you know extended periods and what's crazy is that as we do this i 
I truly feel like I could go anywhere in the United States and probably other places and and have somebody that we know or is part of the rodeo industry. Yeah. That, that's just how it is. Like right now, my place is close to everything going on. Guess what? People are coming from everywhere. Hey, plug in. Put your horse here. Like, you know, you just come on in. Like that's how it's it's just like that. And it's just fun. I mean, we're just right before I came on here, I was talking about we're gonna go on a California run. One of my friends texts, Hey, we can stay at so and so's place in Chowchilla and, you know, hook up there, keep horses there. We're an hour mm. and a half from this place and three hours from this place and 45 minutes to the other one. And it's like, you know, we could have picked between 10 other people out there, you know, and everybody's yeah. so welcoming and you'll show up and it's like you saw them yesterday, you yeah. know? And so that's, it's really, that's a really cool aspect of. And just like radio. family, you're ready to watch them go away too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, yeah, shut the door. I'm sure they, they act real, real excited about us showing up, but I'm sure they're like, please get out of here. Uh, so. That's great. Um, well, I should sure appreciate your time coming on and, um, and sharing me. with us and, um, and learning about, you know, the breakaway event and also you know, just kind of getting an idea of, you know, who a one you are, but also like I love seeing that that your kids are with you and that you're doing all that. Like I love to see well, that on the on the top end of things. That even at that time, it's not it's not a it's not a selfish endeavor. It's a you know it's no, a family endeavor. We're it's part memories. of memories. Yeah, we've, we've had so much fun yeah. traveling and going. And they've been here the whole time, and they're like over there playing and keeping quiet. And little Blakely's taking them, <laughs> taking care of them. I'm sure she's ready for me to rescue her about now and feed her. <laughs> Yeah. What, what did you promise her? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You bet. And thanks good for luck. having me on Hope, here. All right. Thank you. you bet. Thanks. Cool. Thanks for listening to the Go Time Podcast with Todd Martin and Brendan O'Reilly. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Go Time Ranch so you can come work with us each day to learn, have fun, and be inspired. For information on bookings and merchandise, please visit www.gotimeranch.com.